welcome to the Tips in Salsa podcast, your local source for chips, salsa, and instructional technology happenings within the Redlands Unified School District. And here are your hosts, Jamie Quartz, Dwayne Coles, Nicole House, Caleb Rothy, and Jen Vadney. Hello, Redlands teachers and staff. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Tips and Salsa. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm here today with our tech coaches, Nicole. Hello. Caleb. Hello. And Jen. Hello. So, as uh, most of you guys know, we're not just the instructional technology department. We're the instructional technology and accountability department. Yeah, yeah. So here with us today is uh, District Coordinator Extraordinaire of Assessment and Instructional Technology, Mr. Devlin Clinton. Here to talk Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for Finally allowing me to here. be on this on this show. Man, this is going to be great. We're going to have a good time. World famous. All right. Yes. And yes, everyone, they have chips and salsa. Yeah, so it's not here. sound effects. We're going to be yeah. definitely sound talking effects. about assessment and stuff like that today. But before we do, we've got to start with the chips and salsa, which we're all digging into right now. So mm-hmm. um, if you want to pause the recording and go get your own, you're more than welcome to do so. I would totally do that. We'll be waiting for you when you come back. Mm-hmm. Okay, now that you've got them, all right, here's what we're enjoying today. Um, We've got, uh, as today's batch of chips and salsa, um, we're enjoying two different types of chips today, both a white corn and a blue corn organic tortilla chip from a company called Full Circle Market. Um, Delicious, enjoying those very much. And we're also enjoying them today with our salsa of the day, Del Real Restaurant. um, So fancy. Restaurant style Mm. salsa. Oh, restaurant. Restaurant. (laughs) style salsa. What do you guys think? It's good. I uh, like the, the different delicious. chips this time. Delicious. Yeah. Yeah, I've been... chips, good choice. I see them in the store and I never buy them and so I'm like, you know what? And this I like is the, a good opportunity. Yeah, and I like the salsa. It's flavorful. It's it's a little heavy on the tomato, tomato but the, yeah, the, it's, the it's, taste it's, is yeah. still mm-hmm. um, yeah. really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Delicious. Yeah, that's good. All right. Yeah, I'll Not go back for seconds. I know, I'll keep eating. Nope. So sad. You already yes. spilled some on your computer, Jen. I did, yes. Thank you, Devlin, for cleaning it up for me. Anytime, love. You know that. Anytime. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get started that with some serious business here. Um, Devlin, will you? Would you mind introducing yourself to us, telling us a little bit about you know how you got into the field of education and your background? Okay. Um, well, I'm Devlin Clinton. I was born and raised in uh, Banning, California. Attended Banning, the Banning Unified School District, and then I. Um, Went on and uh, went to San Diego State, and I majored actually in criminal justice. Nice. I was actually thinking about going into either law enforcement or law. But what pulled me into education was, okay, I think the first thing was that my mother was an educator. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She was an educator, a uh, teacher for 38 years. And um, yeah, she is. She's calling me right now. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Hey, there you go. Hey, Mom. Hey, Mom. I got to put on pause, though. <laughs> But um, when I first began, you know, thinking about careers, I mean, it, going into education wasn't, you know, my first choice. It wasn't. Mm-hmm. It was it was either law enforcement or becoming a lawyer. But one of the things that they noticed about me is that I, people were just always drawn to me, especially children. And they just mm-hmm. really saw that connection and I really didn't see it until I was much older and then I just kind of jumped into it by just being a by just becoming a substitute teacher mm-hmm. just to kind of test right. it out and I was doing so well and I started off in the uh, Palm Springs Unified School District because that's where my mother was was teaching at the time and um, 
things just kind of fell into place. I I started loving teaching. I started I, I went back. I started going back to school for it. And you taught and what level? I I my first teaching assignment was kindergarten. Yeah. Yeah. Kindergarten, <laughs> guys. I mean, That's yeah, nice yeah. Stuff. That, that right. was uh, that was really tough. You know the the. Snotty noses, the oh, sneezing all over you, and those things, world. and uh, each year, you know, building up my immune system for those little guys <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> Had to do that every year, yeah. but that was my first year. And then um, the principal at the time um, that was working for us, she decided to place me into um, first grade. Um, her name was Carolyn Green. Love her to, to this day. She's one of the best, one of the best principals I ever worked for. I, mean, I ever worked for, and um, did that for eight years, and then had the pleasure of teaching with my mother. I was on the same, I was teaching first grade on the That's same awesome. team with her at the same school. Oh, wow. And I did that for eight years. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it was just great to just have that opportunity and um, That's pretty awesome. I learned so much. Learned so much. Well, here's another catch. I mean, my 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 wife now, I, I met her at the same school too. We taught first grade too. But, but, but. Not yeah, 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 yeah. So we, we taught together on, this, on uh, the first grade, uh, our first grade team at that school site. And, uh, but at the time we weren't. You know, it wasn't until later when right, things right, happened right. and things. We but you, we, yeah, we were just friends. But, but um, did your we, mom used to say your your kids weren't in in line on that fire drill? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah. she was. A, I, I'll tell you this: she was a drill sergeant. She was. Ooh, I mean, yeah. she didn't she didn't mess around. But I'll, I'll tell you one thing, guys: um, she could teach any kid how to read. It was just her gift. That it is was, a gift. It was her sure. talent. It was yeah. a talent that she had. And. I mean, I mean, I remember other teachers just scrambling, fighting for her kids. Right. And I learned so <laughs> much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Those are second grade teachers. Oh, yeah. they were. Oh, yeah. And it was just, just a, it, for me, it was a beautiful experience. Um, and then from there, I was moved to fourth grade, taught fourth grade. Then I, I started kind of wanting a, a challenge, going a different direction. So then I became what was, at the time, a site coordinator. So then I moved to a different elementary school and became a site coordinator. Well, as a site coordinator, you take on many roles. You're pretty much literally like an assistant principal. Uh, but part of being a site coordinator was being in charge of all testing. So mm -hmm. that's kind of like where I got my experience. And back that back then, that was the days of the CS CSTs. Right. So, you know, the counting of the tests, the signing in, this yeah, and that, tracking them everything. Up. And yeah. I mean, I, I spent hours, even weekends, <laughs> yeah, just making sure yeah. I was always tracking those things. Yeah. And uh, from there, moved into being a becoming an assistant principal and then a principal of my own school. And uh, then this opportunity came up, and I, I just couldn't pass it. I couldn't pass it. I just it was an opportunity for me to really because being in Palm Springs, I really lost a lot of touch. I lost touch with my family. Mm. But now that I'm here in Redlands, I you know I make those stops every Friday. I, I almost every Friday. Let me let me every Friday. Well, I try to do it every <laughs> Friday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but every Friday, I always make it make sure that I'm stopping by. I'm going checking in on my mom. Sometimes oh, we'll go out. We'll have dinner. Nice. Love it. But that's the part that I love because now I, I get to you see my family, family more. Again. I see my family, yeah. family more. So well, we're definitely. So is that why that she was calling there. to make sure that you? Were yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's what she was. But then I then also because you said one of the questions would be what's your blood type, so I had to text her. And find out what's my blood type. So my blood type is A. Because <laughs> I had no clue, people. <laughs> you never know what we're going to ask. On yeah, this you never on know. The podcast, mm -hmm. so. And out of yeah. the five of us, you're the only one who knows their blood type. Okay, okay. Uh, so that's just okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, we really enjoy having you as part of our thank team. You. And thank you. Um, thanks for sharing your background. And that kind of brings us up to your role in our district. And mm -hmm. would you please describe what your role is and what your job entails? It's, for me, it's everything assessment. I'm all things, I, I like to say I'm all things CASP. I'm all things LPAC, um, benchmark assessments. The thing that I love about my job is just the fact that I can support people because I'm really big on supporting people. Mm, you know, um, if there's anything out there that needs troubleshooting, I'm there. I'm on it. Um, when I came into this position and the meet the talks that I've had with Jamie, one of the things that we wanted to make sure is that we're really putting, you know, making a, assessments that really truly measure what students are learning in the classroom. Because assessment is a big part of, of, of instruction. There's got to be a certain percentage of, of instruction and a certain percentage of assessment. I really want to kill that misconception that assessment is just big brother watching what you guys are doing right. because it's not it's 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 truly not I, I i don't have the time to sit back and watch everything <laughs> yeah. that you're doing at every site because i'm usually troubleshooting when someone calls me and they're asking um you know to help them troubleshoot something and they're explaining it to me and i just i'm a visual person i have to see it i'm like uh you know what can i I'm just going to jump in my car. I'm going to come over to yeah. your site. That one's cell phone yeah, number yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But no, it's just because I'm about people. I And I want you guys to hear this. I don't want to be in front of a computer all day. I don't. I, I, it, it drives me crazy. It will drive me crazy. Right, right. So if you have a problem and you just, I, and I'm just not getting it, I'm not understanding it, and I need to see it, I will come to your site. I, or if yeah. you want to rescue Devlin from his office. <laughs> oh, exactly. Please, please do so. I think, please do so. I think the best way to describe Devlin's role in our, our district is you don't want to be at the end of the year, right at CASP, closing your eyes, folding your hands <laughs> on your knees and praying to works. God yeah. Oh, yeah. that your scores are going to be good. What, what Devlin's role is is really helps us to not drive blind through the year mm -hmm. and to provide really nice checkpoints or checks for understanding or exactly. progress monitoring, exactly. not only in um, in academics, but in in, um, in chronic absenteeism, suspension rates, graduation, and, and all the, the measurable state metrics so that we have something in place to watch mm -hmm. how it's unfolding throughout the year. Right. So then we can adjust our plan or program accordingly mm -hmm. throughout the year based on the data. Yeah. So that's the that's really the value of De Devlin's position. Well, it's really mm -hmm. the whole goal to be to set our students up for success when yeah. we get to mm -hmm. uh, those assessments uh, at the end of the year. That kind of perfectly leads us into one of the first things we wanted to pick your brain on, uh, mm -hmm. Devlin. We know um, everybody's heard about interim assessments, and we know that there's been an increased amount of focus on those interim assessments here in recent years. Can you give all of our listeners an idea of just what are interim assessments and really what's their purpose? Well, you have three different types of interim assessments. You have the um, in, the you have your IABs, you have your ICAs, and then you have your FIABs, which are, are new this year. Everybody and got that? You got yeah, all of those written I, down? You got those down. I, 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 I know that sounds like I know that sounds like alphabet, alphabet soup, but <laughs> but it's your focus assessment blocks. And um, sorry, your interim assessment blocks. And the reason the um, IABs were designed for teachers is just basically it's a way to check for understanding and progress monitor as you're as you're teaching your your, your Common Core standards, you're following your scopes and sequences. It's just really they're designed to for you to just kind of plan out your year on. Okay, I'm going to give this particular short assessment just to see, just to kind of gauge where are my students at. 
I mean, what, what's, which students are mastering the skills, which students are not mastering the skills? And if I have kids who, I mean, are not mastering skills, and if I have kids who are not mastering, where do I need to go in and where do I need to intervene? If they're mastering, how do I enrich them? How do I take them further? They also come into play when you're looking at, say, just giving students opportunities to not practice the test, but have exposure to what they're going to get at the end of the year with the SBAC. Mm -hmm. With the interim assessments, it's not something that we, like I said, we want to monitor. We want to monitor as a district. It's truly for teachers to use, and sometimes can they be a pain? Because, yeah, but it's the world it's, we live in, right? But it's truly for you to check for understanding, to progress monitor, and um, be able to help you guide your instruction and give our students the best instruction possible based on the results that you get from those from those assessments. I think one of the biggest ahas that we've gotten out of the IABs and FIABs and so forth is the um, the level of rigor um, of the test. So, you know, a lot of the feedback that we're getting is, man, these are hard. Our kids are really struggling with these. Right. And um, But that's a good thing because mm-hmm. if, if we're really learning how these questions are written, the level of rigor, and what's expected out of the kids, we need to know that now along the way so then we can... Like, like we said earlier, start adjusting our program to make sure that the level of rigor is there throughout the year um, mm-hmm. that matches what's what's actually going to be expected of the kids. Right. And I think that with, with uh, rigor, when you're talking about rigor, it's really looking at the, the objectives that you design, your lesson objectives. And it's really looking at truly at what is it that you want students to do at the end of your lesson. And it really comes down to that observable verb within your lesson within your lesson objective because if you change if you just it's as simple as just changing that observable verb as you shift that observable verb you can actually shift your dok levels sure you know so you gotta think about it you have to think of it that way and i'm gonna put a plug in for our team if you are thinking about different observable verbs and you want to, you know, throw in some variety or something different, especially for students that have already mastered the concept, please reach out to the instructional <laughs> tech team because exactly. we have lots of ideas. Absolutely. Exactly. Exactly. So talking about all of this assessment, and we all know that, um, you know, the big test is coming up in a couple of months. Mm-hmm. It is never too early to start preparing for something like that. And now we think now is a good time to really talk about it and make sure that everybody is knowing all the things that are possible as far as preparing themselves, preparing their students. Um, what kind of advice would you give teachers on that? I think the first thing is j- get past the fear. Jump into those IABs. Because the IABs can serve as can serve as assessments, but they also the state is also giving those I mean making those accessible to us for instruction because you can use them for instruction also right, too. Right, and not just for the students, mm-hmm. right? Because then that gives the teachers the opportunity to feel comfortable in that environment as well. Right, right, right. And and so it's just jump into them and uh, you know don't be afraid of them. Just use them. Use them. I mean. Back in the days when we had our CSTs and everything was paper and pencil, we didn't have interim assessments. We didn't have any of those things. Right, it was right. just basically give the kids a 70, right. 70 question twist. Yeah. Here's your booklet, and there you <laughs> yeah, go. Hey, good, good luck, kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you need some yeah. help? Fingers crossed. Scratch paper? Yeah. Sure. Scratch that's paper. what I got for <laughs> yeah. that's your That's your universal tool. Scratch yep. paper. That's it. Yeah. Well, you just said something interesting, universal mm-hmm. tools. Mm-hmm. Um, there are three different types of supports on the CASP. Mm-hmm. One is universal tools, another mm-hmm. one is designated supports, and the third being accommodations. 
Would you describe each of those? So universal tools are just, well, you have to look at how the supports are designed. So you have what's called embedded supports. Embedded are your supports that are within the computer. Non-embedded supports are anything that you're using outside of the computer. Right. So you have to think of that. Like scratch with, paper. With scratch paper, yes. Or taking a break or breaks because mm -hmm. yeah. I mean universal tools and the under universal lollipops. tools yeah no lollipops, lollipops. too yeah lollipops, lollipops. Too. <laughs> nice. yeah. 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 yeah yeah mints yeah. yeah and popcorn that's popcorn okay. yeah. that's a nice but, yeah. <laughs> a lot of things. Things. but the computer ones would be like a, a highlighter. A highlighter, right. So you could have like a highlighter. You can have like text-to-speech. Uh, text yeah. With universal tools, you have to, to you have to remember this. Universal tools that are embedded in the computer, they're for all students to use, okay? All students have access to them. What I would tell teachers to do is start really with using those interim assessments, really showing them the different tools right. that they have. Exposing right. the kids. Exposing so the kids. Exactly. So they know that they're there because the day of the test, you can't prompt them to use these right, supports. Right. So they need you to just be gotta, using them now. They need to be using them now. And that's the great thing about using those IABs and your, right. your interim assessments is you're practicing using all of those different supports throughout the year. So when that big test comes, they know how to, oh, let me click on the highlighter or let me let me right. click on the line reader and let me use the line reader. Exactly. Yeah. A perfect exactly. one is that 12 by 12 grid. If, if students right. day one are memorizing 12 by 12 grid and they know how to write it down, mm -hmm. they could literally do it real quickly right before the test and have it. Right there, right at their there. seats. Can, yeah. can you give us a couple of other examples of, because the word universal tools feels a little opaque to me when I first started hearing it. Mm -hmm. um, but I think most teachers are already familiar with what some of these things are. Can you mm -hmm. give us a couple of examples of things that would be in that universal tool list that is available for all students? We just kind of need to point them out to students okay. and get them used to using them. So, for instance, you have the, the notepad. Kids can go in. I mean, it's not... A tool that most kids use. I mean, they use they're used to using their scratch paper. But you have the you have the notepad. You have like a little English for English language arts. You have the English English glossary. Mm. There's even now they've added the illustration glossary, oh, wow. and that's really nice. But I think that's more of a designated support. But okay. if there's a particular term that a kid doesn't know, like your English language learners, sure. they can click on it and it gives them an actual an visual image. of Simplified what an image directions. exactly. Wow. Yeah. Simplified directions, oh. highlighters. Oh. The Masking. line reader is really cool because you. You can click on line readers, and as you're reading each line, it highlights each line as Perfect. you're reading. Yeah, like so that. you have that universal tool also, too. And that's for everyone. And, and if I'm a student that might benefit from that, mm -hmm. I may never know that that even exists unless mm -hmm. I'm the curious kid that's clicking on everything on the screen. So mm -hmm. um, I think that's another reason why it's so important to when you're doing the interim assessments with your students to mm -hmm. also use that as an instructional opportunity where you're showing your exactly. students like, hey, did you know exactly. a highlighter's in here? Did you know you have a notepad? Things exactly. like that. Exactly. You can, yeah. that's, that's what they're there for. So you couldn't post a list of the universal tools on your wall, probably not during testing. Not during testing. Not, no, testing. not during testing. Okay. Not during testing. But during interim. Now, yeah. yeah. But, right with, now but right now during your interims, yes, you can, you can do that. And what's really nice, what the state has also rolled out for us, there's actual tutorials and videos of each of these tools, Ooh, where like do they that, like like those? two to three. I'll, I'll give you guys the link. Yeah, we can. But put it's that, in our that, that you guys can roll notes. out to everyone. Mm -hmm. But it'll show you. Oh, what is the highlighter? How do we use it? What no, is? The, I mean, awesome. they're there. I mean, the state has given us so many things yeah. that we can that we can get that we can put in place for students for to really truly student. for any student. Everything yeah. we've said so yeah. far has been for any student. Yeah, for yes. universal That's tools. Unbelievable. Now with designated <laughs> supports. Sure. It's a little bit different because 
That require it doesn't require a five hundred four an IEP. It just requires a group of educators deciding on what are the supports. What what are some supports we can put in place for students who truly need them? So if there is a student who has been using text to speech mm -hmm. for a while, does not have a five hundred four, does not have an IEP, mm -hmm. but the team knows that this student really benefits from this tool, they mm -hmm. can then ask for it. They they can. The, the students can ask for it, and if the teacher believes that the the uh, it's something that, that that will really truly benefit the student, the student the teacher can put it in place. But I what I would caution is basically making sure that it's a team. It's if it's your IST team to really yeah. sit down and making sure that your administrators are part of a big part of that okay. of that decision. Okay. Really, really bringing in the site administration to to really be a part of the of making sure that, okay, these are the kids that we're going to give these particular designated supports to. I mean, everybody must be in agreement with gotcha. that's, that. That I think that's okay. the important piece. So a grade level team is mm -hmm. coming together or yeah. at middle school team exactly. is just coming together. Coming together uh, with their administration. That's I would definitely bring in their, their administration to really sit down and say, hey, we, be we believe little Johnny and little Sarah will need these um, designated supports in place. And, and I think what's confusing with designated supports and accommodations is that with accommodations, yes, you do have to have a 504 and a um, IEP to actually put those in place. But what are now designated supports used to be accommodations. Oh. So, ah, so okay. some people will, yeah, yeah, it's been a shift because you got to think, you got to remember, guys, designated supports maybe came a couple of years ago. Got it. Yeah. Because before it was just your universal tools and your accommodations. Because when I first heard, as a principal, when I first heard about designated supports, I was like, no, you, that can't be a designated support. That sounds like an accommodation. We need a we need a five hundred four an IEP yeah, right, for this. Right. Yeah. But that's the confusion, and that's what's kind of like why everyone's hesitant to say, oh. And 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 here's what I want you to do, when you guys are deciding these supports, contact me, mm. and and I have all of the visuals. I have reference guides. I have um, um, two documents, Matrix One and Matrix Two, that I that. You could con you could contact me. We'll sit on the phone. We'll go through those descriptions, oh, nice. and and I'll, I'll I'll I will sit there and help you decide what you, what supports, um, and just confirm what supports that you can put put in place. I've done that with a couple of sites already. Here's, oh, here's a good way to look at it. If if we're roughly forty percent of our students are not at standard or near standard or below standard, forty percent of our students. But less than 5% of those students have any kind of designated support wow. or accommodation assigned to them, mm -hmm. then logically, could the, could the other 95% benefit maybe with just some confidence or just a little bit of help mm -hmm. with a support or something yeah. to, to give them a little extra you know, equity or confidence mm -hmm. in that test? Mm -hmm. 95% of the, the kids yeah. who are who are not at standard. So so again, 40% of our students are not at standard. And there's something just as simple as providing them a little a little um, extra support. A little extra, extra support. support. Not even not even instructional or anything. Right, right. That can give them a little um, confidence. For well, I love your analogy when you talk about the swimmer and the goggles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and to that, share that, please. In that yes. analogy, um, uh -huh. you know, eight swimmers could be swimming across the pool, and um, they and if you put a pair of goggles on that swimmer, 
It doesn't make them a better swimmer. It doesn't make them stronger. It doesn't make them more well-prepared. It doesn't give them better technique. It doesn't do any of that. But what it can do is it can help them see a little better. Mm-hmm. It could help them swim a little, a little straighter. straighter. It could maybe give them a little more confidence. Right. Maybe right. they could swim longer too because mm-hmm. their eyes won't be burning. So mm-hmm. you know that that's really what designated supports does. Is it that's doesn't right. make you smarter. It doesn't make you read better. It just levels the playing field. And I think for any teacher that's been doing this more than a couple of years, um, mm-hmm. we viewed most of those tools and resources as something that students would have to qualify for with an IEP or five hundred four. So um, when I was in the classroom, I certainly felt like oh, okay. Those are things kind of beyond my purview as a yep. teacher. Mm-hmm. I think the the biggest takeaway for me in this entire conversation is that mm-hmm. um, we can grant those supports to students. All it takes now is a teacher advocate for those students. Exactly. Somebody saying, hey, exactly. I have this child in my class or I have these several students in my class that I know would benefit from this support or that support. Mm-hmm. And then putting together that team of people so that exactly. it's not just one person making yes. that decision. But yes. um, if we can do that and advocate for our students that maybe just need those goggles to swim the race a little mm-hmm. bit better. I just imagine how how much of a game changer that could be for so many of our students. Well, think of how many scenarios there are at all grade levels in the district where there's an interdisciplinary team meeting and you're discussing a group of whatever you want to call at-risk kids or mm-hmm. students who are struggling. Mm-hmm. And then the, the next step in that conversation would be, well, what kinds of supports can we provide these kids right. to really help level the playing field? So... Like Devlin was saying, those supports should, first of all, be applied in the context of regular classroom instruction. Mm -hmm. But then if that's the case, then you can also apply it to the actual test. That's that's really the procedure. And I think the important piece to this is even when you're putting those supports into place, you may find it's best to monitor those supports as they're doing those assessments because you may find that a particular support may not actually help be right. helping that student and and if you find that if you find that particular support not giving them anything then you always have the option of you know not stopping that stop not that. using it yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're that, not all a, a magic bean out there. No, there's not. No. Well, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the other great thing about this is, let's say you're, uh, you know, you're Johnny's second grade teacher, and you identify with the team of people. Hey, this support would help Johnny. Mm-hmm. Once that toggle gets changed, it it persists for Johnny. So it's there and it's available for him as a third grader and a fourth grader mm-hmm. and a fifth grader. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if if we if we get active about giving students the help and the support that they need. It's something that can carry with them for multiple years. Exactly. And over several years make a difference on a number a of number different, right. different you know, things. assessments. Right. Right. Hey, Devlin, can you talk to um, the audience a little bit about um, when we took some data or really started looking at the usage of designated supports and accommodations throughout the district, what are some of the things that we noticed? So we pulled some numbers on some of the different designated and uh, designated supports and accommodations that are just used district-wide. And one of the things that we found that was heavily used was text-to-speech. But there were other um, designated supports that, you know, that Jamie and I felt that really truly would have helped students, um, like, for instance, reading the text aloud to themselves. Now, with this particular designated support, it has to be that one-on-one, and it has to be Mm -hmm. separate. You have to be separated from... um, from other students, but that gives the student the opportunity to really truly read the passage out loud, read the items out loud, and then be able to answer the question. So the student 
is reading it, not Read, a staff not, member not reading a, it to the student. Exactly, okay. exactly. It gives them the opportunity for them to, it's, it has to be in a separate setting, of course, but it gives them the opportunity to read, just for them to read it out loud, just for them to, to truly hear what they're, they're reading and, and as far as hopefully, you know, you know, helping them, helping them comprehend what they're what they're reading. But and like Jamie mentioned, and I believe you mentioned as well, that's a support that kids can do all year long. Exactly. Right. Not exactly. just for exactly. the big test at the end of the year. Yeah. You know, one of the things that really struck me in the data, I'm talking with my mouth full. That's okay. <laughs> it's part of the theme yeah. of the podcast. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is how few English learners had designated supports or true. accommodation or designated true. supports true. assigned to them. Right. How few? It wasn't even a fraction of the total percentage of English learners, including designated supports such as translations and mm -hmm. things like that. Because um, wow. you have translations, you have a glo you have glossaries, you have, you have everything. I'm thinking That's, if yeah. you if if that was just applied in practice in general and then and then applied in practice well, on the IABs. Sure. Man, that's just going to really you, help. I'll give you an example. Um, one of the, one of my um, responsibilities is making sure that I upload all that all of this information from uh, downloaded from Aries and uploaded it to Tom's. Well, I have to do two two different types of files. I have to do a file for CAPS and I have to do a file for LPAC. When I do the CAPS file, it's usually the more difficult file to upload. The LPAC within minutes, but there's not a lot of supports that are put in place. Oh, wow. Makes sense. Yeah. And so, yeah, we really we really need to push and make sure that we're putting those putting these different supports in place for our English language learners because that's what's going to give them, you know, that's going to be the biggest bang for your buck because mm -hmm. they have those supports put in place and... Let's use them. Let's use them. Yeah, we and, have them, and that's right? not just yeah. for testing or no. IABs. I mean, no. when I come across something, I turn to Google Translate. I mean, it sure, it's a different type of tool, but mm -hmm. I know as an adult that I have something that will help me. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like, you know, I mean, that's, gosh, yeah, that's crazy. I feel like that's something that they mm -hmm. would benefit from the rest of their lives, you know? I mean, anything. So, gosh, that's... I'm, I'm a line reader. I've been using that one. <laughs> well, and, and we as the teachers are in the best position to be able to figure out which of our students need what to help, the, you know, get them over that, mm -hmm. that hump, so to speak. Um, and so it really does take every teacher going, I, I want to be an advocate for my student and build that equity piece into this mm -hmm. by giving them what they need to be able to swim the race to yeah. the best of their abilities. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Um, Devlin, what's one thing that you wish every teacher in the district knew about CASP testing or knew about interim assessments? Like if you had one central message that you wish you could share with everybody, um, because I'm sure everybody will listen to this podcast, what can you, <laughs> what do you want to put out there and make sure everybody better understands about um, your role just that it's it it goes back to it's it's progress monitoring it's checking for understanding mm, yeah. it's it's truly not something that we want you to think that it's 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 big brother watching you it's it's true the, the these assessments are for you they're for your instruction they're to inform you on what you need to do what with your students and that's the the message that I want to send, and and I'll keep and I I will sing this message until you know the day that I you know they throw me out of here. <laughs> but it's um, that's what it's about. It's not about you know our, our reports for us for our for for our district. It's it's information. It's it's 
These assessments are for you to guide your or, or, or to guide your instruction. That's that's all. It's basically that's what they're there for. Yeah, that's what they're there for. And I know all teachers, um, you know, give assessments all the time. We all mm -hmm. give our own personal assessments based on what we're teaching. Mm -hmm. um, what's so crucial about all of these are that they're aligned to the level of rigor, as Jamie was talking about earlier, mm -hmm. that we know our students will be assessed on come the big state assessments at mm -hmm. the end of the year. So um, the best thing we can do to make sure that we're on target is mm -hmm. to use these as tools yes. to drive our instruction. Mm -hmm. and to help us in the decision-making that we're doing in our own classrooms. Mm -hmm. All right. I think uh, that's the end of our list of questions for Devlin today. So I think uh, we are on to the well, most the exciting easy part. Questions. The easy Those questions. Those easy questions. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 you ready? Right? You don't have as much know, time to answer. You guys got to kind of scared. You're sweating. Yeah. That wasn't even hot salsa. <laughs> Now for the good stuff. All, All right. right. So on to the lightning round. Jen, do you have your questions ready to go? I am prepared. All right. I've got the timer up. Everybody ready? On yes. On your mark, get set, go. Do you prefer mild, medium, or hot salsa? Hot salsa. On a scale of 1 to 10, how would you rate the Valentine's Day candy conversation hearts? I'd give them a 6. <laughs> <laughs> your favorite six. cowboy player? Michael Irvin. Oh, no. you know you like football, and especially <laughs> the Cowboys. Mm -hmm. Do you watch other sports? I watch other sports. Basketball. Awesome. Favorite basketball team? Chicago Bulls. Uh, oh. <laughs> That's a okay. long answer. Um, does the thought of hiking across Ireland interest you? <laughs> Oh, yes. I would love to yeah. do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tongue in cheek. <laughs> Just buttering up his balls. Yeah. Everybody, what is Devlin's blood type? Hey! hey. <laughs> <laughs> what are you binge watching these days? Or watching? Nothing right now. Actually, honestly, oh, nothing. Not a TV no, watch? No, right? no TV watch right now. Do you listen right to now. podcasts? Do you have a podcast favorite? I do. I do. Uh, Jay Nixon. Jay Nixon. Uh, yeah. There you go. Yeah. All right. One last one. Do you have pets? No pets. Time's, Time's up. Just nice. in under That was bumper. actually one of my questions. Oh, Do you sorry. Watch no, that's fine. <laughs> Jay who? Jay Nixon. He's Jay uh, Nixon. he's. I'm a I'm a part of a fitness group. And gotcha. he's, he's a nutritional coach. Um, no wonder he's I don't our know personal him. trainer. <laughs> and stuff. No, just, look up, just look him up. He's good. He's, it's called, I'm uh, sure he's great. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's great. No, no he's, interest yeah. at all. Exactly. That's not him. But no, no, no. I'm going to have to He's my guy. He's my guy. That's good. All right. Cool. All right. Well, that's a wrap, folks. We want to thank our guest, Devlin, for. For being with us Thank this afternoon guys. and Thank sharing his wealth of knowledge, yeah, and we're just yes. thankful that he's part of our district mm -hmm. uh, and, our team. and our team, yeah, our team and our district. Very lucky to have him. And, and I just want to say I love Redlands. I love how you guys nice. have just received me. It's been it's been just amazing Yay. experience for me. We're best decision best decision I ever made awesome. coming here. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And to our audience members, remember to keep the innovative ideas coming in your classrooms. And maybe one day. We'll be knocking on your door to be part of this award-winning podcast. Self-awarded. Yeah, just keep saying it until it's true. <laughs> Nationally, globally <laughs> awarded and recognized. Yeah. Yeah. All right, this is our USD EdTech signing off. All right, so, so we'll wait like, until that stops beeping, and then... Okay, thank you. As soon as I heard that, I was like... Um, it may be a while. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh. I think we stopped the water by the window. Man! <laughs> Move! Right? Could oh that thing bend God. closer? Yeah. I know.
this is where it hits our building. <laughs> when they empty these trash bins, it's a nightmare. Oh, they, they get slammed against mm -hmm. our building all really? the time. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's the building? It's the yeah. building. They, yeah, they trust me. The I'm right on that wall. Boom. <laughs>